Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Alias Secure AF podcast, the podcast about all things cybersecurity. I'm your host, Teddy Underkoffler. Today I'm joined with Robert, security engineer here at Alias, um, and we're going to talk about password cracking. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it is, why it's important, how it happens, and what people can do to protect themselves. So Robert, if you wouldn't mind taking it away, what exactly is password cracking? So password cracking, uh, in kind of the simplest way possible, is taking the encrypted form of your password uh, that all the services you use uh, out there on the internet uh, and taking that encrypted form of it and attempting to uh, match that encryption or match that encrypted version to find out what your password is so that, you know, say an attacker could then use your password to compromise your account. And so what does that process look like? If you were going to try and crack a password, I guess what would be step one? So uh, I'd say step one is uh, getting the hash. Uh, and there's there's various ways of doing that. Uh, you know, sometimes you see hashed passwords leaked out on the Internet uh, when there's a data breach uh, because uh, attackers may be able to get those uh, password hashes uh you know, in a compromise, and then just find them out there on the dark web uh, in huge data releases from ransomware companies and things like that. Uh, and, you know, they may not necessarily uh, have the, you know, the, the clear text, plain versions of those passwords, uh, but then just those hashes being out there then allow other people to take them and uh, attempt to crack them. Uh, there's also collecting hashes. Uh, so, you know, if somebody sets up in a coffee shop in a public Wi-Fi setting uh, and they, you know, do like a man-in-the-middle attack, they could potentially capture hashes that way. Uh, but then usually what they'll do is take those hashes uh, and then plug them into a tool uh, to crack those hashes, uh, generally on a, a pretty powerful uh, computer or even cloud resources uh, with much more hardware uh, in order to crack those passwords. Okay, so it really is just as long as they have their hash your hash, they can use whatever sort of tool that's out there open source for free. Yeah, there are, there are various <laughs> uh, tools out there. Uh, there's Hashcat, uh, John the Ripper, uh, you know, several others. Uh, however, I would say Hashcat is generally kind of the benchmark or the, the, the gold standard of password cracking, just in efficiency and uh, speed-wise. Okay. And obviously, we can probably kind of guess why people or when people would use this for Maybe not the most legal activities, um, but when do you use this as a pen tester? So as a pen tester, uh, you know, there's various points where password cracking comes up. Uh, It could be very early. Uh, You know, we could be uh, listening into traffic on the network and just capture uh, hashes. Uh, And then, you know, if we can crack those hashes, then we can use those to gain more access. And when we can gain more access, then we can capture more hashes. It's kind of a, a vicious cycle of... You know, if we can crack one or two, we can generally, uh, you know, kind of open the door uh, and get many more hashes. Uh, and then potentially, you know, if we get a full compromise uh, on, say, like a domain controller in an environment, we could dump all the hashes for every user on a network. Man, that would be terrifying. <laughs> um, what do you use to actually get these hashes? I'm assuming phishing, phishing, other sorts of social engineering techniques. So uh, phishing, what you see there, it mostly you're looking for the clear text credentials. 
uh, you are you're basically asking for somebody for their password, and then you're not worried about encrypting that or you know storing it in a secure way. Uh, you know, especially when you're the one doing the malicious thing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, getting those hashes, uh, I would say probably more common is just finding them on the dark web. You know, say a company gets ransomware and all their data gets leaked out on the internet. Uh, then somebody could go, you know, pour through that data, find hashes, uh, and then compromise those. And if they're still in use, uh, you know, compromise the same company again. Uh, or use tools uh, like we use uh, all the time, uh, like Responder, uh, to poison traffic on a network and kind of capture those hashes as they go across the network. Okay, so there's a few different options. Yeah. All right. Um, how can people tell if, you know, you said you go out on the dark web, if like a company's been compromised, how can people tell if their information's out there? Is there an easy way for them to look or is it just kind of, I hope it's not? <laughs> it, it can be difficult. Um, much, very recently, actually, I, I believe Google has began, uh, you know, monitoring uh, certain data leaks uh, and, you know, checking people's passwords that they have stored in Chrome and saying, hey, your password was compromised in a data breach. You know, it's possible that it's out there now. Uh, so that's, you know, that's one way. Uh, there are also dedicated services to this kind of thing, uh, such as LeakPeak, which will, you know, browse the dark web uh, and, you know, reference all the, the data drops that they have access to in order to say, hey, you know, your email is this and we found your email and, you know, potential password out on the dark web for sale. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's it's fairly easy to be able to look and see if it's available, especially since other people like Google with Chrome are kind of trying to let you know that it, it's out there. Yeah, it, it's really just a matter of knowing that those resources are there uh, and, you know, utilizing them. Mm-hmm. And without these resources, I mean, it sounds, I don't know, you make it sound really easy, right, to be able to crack a password. Um so what would I need to do or what would anybody need to do to make sure their password is uncrackable? So I, I would say uh, as, a, as a regular person, the number one thing that helps is just being better than 50% of people at making a password. Uh, because, you know, if I have 400 hashes from one company and, you know, let's say 20 people, 20 people have a password that is eight characters or less, and I can crack that in a day or less, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to get those. And, you know, I might move on with just that information and not even worry about cracking the rest. Uh, But length, I would say, is the number one factor in a strong password. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if you don't have uppercase, lowercase, and, you know, symbols and numbers, just having, you know, a 28 character password it's much stronger than a you know 14 character password with various complexity kind of flags, I'd say. So then if it really is that many characters, right, how can people remember them? That's, That's the question. That is the question. <laughs> um, I, I like to say use passphrases instead of passwords mm-hmm. because it's much easier to remember a phrase than it is to remember just an arbitrary string of you know, random numbers and letters. Uh, you know, the quick brown dog jumps over the lazy fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you say it enough times, eventually you can just recall it from memory. Yeah. I obviously wouldn't use that one as that's a pretty common, you know, typing test. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've 
heard of people using different things from different places, uh, like classic literature, like Shakespeare or you know Moby Dick, and just a certain particular line that's easy to remember. And just when you type it out, it just ends up being a huge number of characters compared to most passwords. But I imagine it's a lot easier to remember if it's not just like random words or whatever Absolutely. thrown together in a, in a password. Yeah. Okay. That helps. Um, let's see. I mean, I feel like that pretty much covers most about what password cracking is, how it's kind of used. Do you have any good stories from passwords you've cracked on engagements? I have a number of stories uh, relating to passwords because, uh, you know, it's it's a key part of what we do when we're pen testing. Um, it, it's a very core part of the process sometimes where it could be what grants us access uh, that gets us that, that foot in the door in a pen test and then kind of opens it up to uh, further exploitation and moving on to other machines. Uh, I think one of my favorite things that comes up uh, when I crack passwords is if I manage to crack the password of somebody that we are in close contact with on a pen test, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes the reaction is a little startled uh, to you know talk to someone and say, hey, by the way, is your password blank? <laughs> and uh, it, you get interesting reactions. Uh, however, it also is great uh, you know, that kind of scenario where, you know, there's sometimes there's some pushback on, you know, well, we have a lot of older users. They don't want to use 12 characters minimum. You know, they don't want to step up to 14. Certainly not. Uh, but then if you can read someone their password, they instantly become a whole lot more eager to step those requirements up and be a little more secure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can believe it. I don't think I would be too thrilled if you were like, hey, Teddy, is this your password? And you're probably correct. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a bit like a, a magician, like, is this your card? But <laughs> yeah. a little more terrifying, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely believe that. Um, well, do you have anything else to add? Anything I didn't hit on that you wanted to talk about? I believe, you know, maybe one more note on just, you know, what is kind of best practices for your average person? Uh, you know, using different passwords can be super, super important because there are scenarios where, you know, the services or companies you're working with aren't storing your data properly or they're doing something that's insecure. Uh, and, you know, your clear text password might be leaked out on the Internet. And if you use that password for more than one service, you know, that really lets an attacker do a whole lot more uh, with that information. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if you're not using a separate password for every single service, you know, keeping it to things like, okay, my bank has its own password, because that's something that you know I want absolutely no overlap with. The more critical things yeah. necessarily need their own strong passwords, but if it's less critical, like some one-time shopping. Yeah, like if you're using you know Facebook, Instagram, and you don't have payment methods linked to those it's understandable to use a similar password or the same password for those kinds of things. But, you know, anything you have your credit card tied to, anything you have sensitive information tied to, it it helps to kind of keep separate. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Awesome. Well, if you don't have anything else to add, that's it. So thank you so much. Don't believe so. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet.